After years of raising co-payments and deductibles for prescription drugs, some employers are taking an unorthodox approach to lowering health care costs. Now get this if you will, they're paying for drugs and consultations that go along with prescriptions. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today from his offices in downtown Chicago is Larry Boris, Chief Executive Officer of the Midwest Business Group on Health. Founded in 1980, Midwest Business Group on Health is a coalition that helps some of the nation's largest employers when it comes to their healthcare purchasing decisions, including Abbott Laboratories, Boeing, and Target Stores, and other companies that purchase more than $2.5 billion in medical services for more than 2 million people every year. Mr. Boris has been with Midwest Business Group on Health since 1991 and currently works on education and group purchasing initiatives for HMOs, disease management, pharmacy, and other programs. Mr. Boris, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Thanks so much, Bruce. Nice to talk to you again. Well, so tell us about this unique program, which is being rolled out across the United States that actually gets employers to pay for their workers' drugs when all we here, consumers here and doctors here, are about deductibles and co-pays on the rise. Have insurers, employers, um, appears they've had a change of heart. I think what employers have begun to realize is that while sharing costs with employees, giving them a higher co-pays and premiums and deductibles, seem to be a viable way to hold your costs down for your health benefits. In fact, we're seeing more and more situations where people have stopped buying drugs or filling prescriptions or visiting their doctor because cost has become a barrier. It reaches a point where people fill one prescription but then don't refill it. And ultimately, these people get sicker, end up in the hospital, or have worse conditions. And so employers have recognized that this barrier to improving care is actually hurting them. And so that whole the approach of sharing costs by giving people more responsibility or making them think twice about getting care is actually costing more in the long run. And so a new approach was needed. And so do a lot of employers or the ones that you deal with, are they saying, first of all, we'll pay for generics or is it just across the board, brand names as well? Well, I think what we're finding in our own studies is that there's no one employer model that everybody is following. The vast majority of employers still will share costs with employees and have copays and deductibles, but we've got a, about 20% of employers that are starting to offer this kind of what we call value-based benefit design strategy. It starts with drugs. It starts with encouraging people to buy generic drugs, and so we've gone to what many employers call a three-tier copay, where you were the lowest-cost drugs were generics, and then there were brand names of second-cost drugs, and then non-formulary drugs or drugs that weren't approved. Those were the highest cost. And so the first trend that, that we've begun to see is employers reducing or dropping the cost for generic drugs to drive people to use those kinds when they have options. Well, and what you're finding also, I assume, is that in this country where a lot of people and physicians hear this all the time where people actually do worry about rationing care and the idea is to kind of just like in other industries you know bring the service to the people and don't make it complicated and make them go get it is that kind of a rule of thumb here well clearly that's part of the total equation and strategy what we're finding is that over the course of time employers benefits have been so rich and people's actual 
percent contributions of the total cost have been so low that people have essentially felt entitled to the care they get. They go to the hospital, they think a delivery is $10, a, a drug costs 5 uh, Surveys of people have tended to find that they really don't know what the cost, and so they're not engaged in their own health or concerned about cost. The strategies of making people more responsible is getting them to start asking the right questions. But what we find, Bruce, is that just giving people free drugs is not enough. Just lowering the cost doesn't keep them compliant and staying on their drug regimen as doctors want. They need to be motivated more. And so by adding another element to this, as we have in our program that we can talk a little bit about, what we find is that people are motivated not just because they've got to reduce costs, but because they're now expected to actually get involved in their own care. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm Bruce Chapson of the Chicago Tribune. The show is Inside Healthcare on XM157, Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. And with me today is Larry Boris. He's the CEO of the Midwest Business Group on Health. And while you might not know that group, this group helps some of the nation's largest employers, including Boeing, Abbott Laboratories, Target, and some of the big automakers with their purchasing decisions. And what we're finding in, we're talking about a program that Larry's going to give us some more details on about how employers and insurers have had a change of heart and they're actually paying for drugs up front and the consultations that go with them. And Larry, if you will, this all started in a town in Asheville, North Carolina. I won't call it a small town being I'm from Iowa, even though I live in the big city of Chicago. But tell us a little bit about this and kind of some details of this program. And perhaps some of our listeners out there across the country, there may be programs going on in their areas where physicians, medical professionals, and consumers can get involved. Absolutely. Well, about 10 years ago, to reduce their rising health care costs, the city of Asheville in North Carolina decided that when they looked at their diabetics among their population, people were not filling their prescriptions, were not getting the kind of monitoring. They were not seeing the physicians as often as they should. And so they decided to waive co-pays for diabetic drugs and supplies as long as their employees, though, agreed to see a specially trained pharmacists who was trained for counseling, education, and motivation of diabetics. And so by having this face-to-face -face personal diabetic counselor, in addition to not having the barrier of the cost of drugs, they found that people, in fact, stayed healthier, stayed on their medications, and they reduced absenteeism by over 50%. And so it was a real win-win across the board. You had lower cost, better quality, higher productivity for the employer, and it was a project that seemed to hold promise. And so Midwest Business Group on Health, along with 10 other cities, participated in what's called the Diabetes 10 Cities Challenge, which is run by the American Pharmacists Association and sponsored by GlaxoSmithKline to see if you can replicate this type of model in other communities around the country. And so tell us some of the communities that are involved and perhaps maybe some of their employers, if there are you know, medical professionals that or consumers that would be interested in this? Sure. We're both in large communities like uh, Los Angeles and in clearly Chicago and Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. It's also in Hawaii. It's in uh, another small communities uh, around Ohio and in uh, northern Wisconsin. Along the East Coast, it's uh, down in Florida area. So there's both public employers like uh, cities and municipalities as well as private employers. We have universities like University of Southern California in Los Angeles. We have the city of Milwaukee involved here in Chicago. We've got the city of Naperville. So you've got a, a variety of organizations 
both the public and private employers of different sizes and groups who are all trying this out to see if this model works. Because one of the interesting things, Bruce, is they found in Asheville, not only could they set this out to help diabetics, but this model, which really focuses on medication compliance, getting people to follow their doctor's orders and to stay on the drugs, could be applied for asthma, cardiac care, and now even depression. Well, that is an interesting point, Larry. You're talking about people, the increasing theme in the country, particularly among the large employers who continue to pay more and more for health care, where they're trying to guide people through the healthcare system. And if you could give us a little example of how this might work for someone, let's just say if I'm a diabetic, and I know that they're talking about in Asheville expanding the program to people with asthma and also hypertension. The way it would work is an employer would offer and announce to all employees that in fact there is a program that they're offering to waive co-pays for, in this case, diabetic drugs and supplies and strips and uh, perhaps even lab tests or hypertension drugs as well. For any employee that would agree to see a specially trained uh, pharmacist counselor in a close geographic area, it would be a confidential counseling. And what's important to note is that these pharmacists, it's not every pharmacist on the corner drugstore. It's only certain ones that have a special training. And then the employee agrees to see that person. They sign a consent form and they agree to have any visits and information based on the pharmacist's visit sent to their physician and that the physician then knows that this is part of a, a collaborative care, that in fact the pharmacist is not changing prescriptions, the pharmacist is not changing care, but in fact is building on what the physician wants, though the physician often may not have the time or staff to provide additional work. And so the pharmacist and the patient work out a set of schedules. Maybe they meet monthly, maybe quarterly. The idea being that the pharmacist tries to assess the individual's knowledge of their own condition, of how to monitor that condition, their understanding of the drugs, and their understanding of how they can prevent themselves from getting worse. Many of these people, as you're probably aware, don't just have diabetes. They have hypertension, they have obesity, they may have depression. Often they're on 5 to 12 drugs. And that's why the role of the pharmacist is so important, because that medication compliance and understanding how medications interact really helps. And so by seeing the pharmacist, the person gets basic training, self-confidence, self-management, and becomes a better partner with their physician. Well, and another thing this would also do is for the physicians out there who are listening, you know, they don't know once they give a patient a prescription. And as you say, there are diabetics out there. They could be on five to 12 different medications. They really have no way of knowing whether their patient stays on the medication. So if what you're saying is true, that this program actually provides the physician with a tool to make sure that their patient is taking the medications that they're being prescribed. Absolutely. In addition to that, we know that frequent monitoring of diabetic patients, both their HbA1c scores, their blood pressure, their feet, their vision, is all critically important. And the pharmacist now can help the patient monitor or do those monitoring for them. What Asheville found was it actually increased the physician visits that people had, almost doubled the visits, but people were seeing their doctor in less expensive settings, more in the doctor's office than in a hospital or an emergency room. So while physicians shared their care with the pharmacists, in fact, the physician ended up seeing the patient more often and ended up having healthier patients. 
Well, if you've just been joining us, our guest today has been Larry Boris. He's the CEO of the Midwest Business Group on Health. And we've been talking about a unique program that's being rolled out among 30 employer groups across the country in cities, including Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Chicago, and efforts by these employers to pay for their workers' prescriptions, but also provide consultations and management to make sure they're taking their medications and hopefully helping them to live longer lives, but also saving the healthcare system dollars along the way. And I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. The show is Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And I want to thank you for listening. <laughs>